0: Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the JB Font Show. I am your host, JB Font. I would like to welcome all of you here to my channel. The JB Font Show is also available on some major podcast platforms like Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can subscribe to them on there. I'm a part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network. You can find me on the JB Show on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RBN. Please make sure to give this video a like. And if you are new to the channel, please make sure to smash that subscribe button. If you do, I promise you cookies. Maybe. Well, it's the thought that counts, right? I want to give a shout-out to my patrons on Coffee. Thank you for your additional support. And please know that I am deeply appreciative and humbled by your contribution. And the people who have subscribed to me on on Coffee. I'd like to give a thank you to David Michael, Chris Renata, Socialist Cayman, Rebecca, see the Change, Robin During, Michelle D. Village, Spunky Wombat, Robin, Eric Thomas, Carrie Matthews, and Paco Mendoza Gomez. And for my anchor supporters, thank you to Anthony Fazio and Jeffrey Kramer. I want to give a shout out to everybody that's also in the chat today. Good to see everybody here. And so so a lot of people are here are just regular. And so my regular family, so good to see all of you here today. And thank you so much. Franco, thank you so much for coming.
1: Thank you for having me on, James. I'm really excited about this. Last time I had you on, I was with Nick and... Yeah, uh, Savvy Savs, that was a great conversation we had. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to this. You have a great radio voice.
0: Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and I see
1: you. a lot of uh, <laughs> mutuals there in the live chat. It's great to see War Deer, Whatever Man, and all these other people, Bill uh, yeah. Jones. Uh, so yeah, great audience that you have already.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I got the... You know what? I, I'm just... I'm shocked and surprised and humbled that people are willing to listen to whatever I have to say, because... Like, I'm just a schlub in his bedroom in Central Florida, you know, that's, you know, with very little resources. And so it's like the fact that people actually want to listen to me is humbling. But at the same time, it's such a huge privilege because I'm not only being listened by people, but by brilliant people who know a lot that helped me to learn a lot, too. So I love it.
1: They know that you're going to keep it real. Right. Unlike these people that have like all these fancy, this fancy studios or their parents paid for everything or they started out at a bigger platform like on TYT or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they're more, what do you call it, in a bubble, right? They're True. not as much aware of the struggles that working class people are going through. Yeah. So that's what attracts people to people like you.
0: Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I say it takes one to know one, and I appreciate that coming from you. Um, you've been in this space for quite some time now, um, you know. And actually, that leads me to my first question that I actually wanted to ask you. You know, as the host of Frank Analysis and a member of the MCSC Network, can you give us a brief summary of how you got into that? And what inspired you to move into the independent media space
1: awesome yeah Um, I was an avid listener since 2016 that's what for a lot of people you know that was the gateway for them to get more into politics when I heard Bernie's message about how corporations control our politicians Mm -hmm. um, but some people didn't keep it consistent like if a candidate is being controlled by corporations, then that's not someone that we should be trusting. Yeah. Uh, So it was disappointing for me to see people supporting Hillary Clinton. Uh, Since then, I kept listening to independent media. Uh, I got more, I was more attracted to smaller channels who at the time were people like Nico House, uh, The Combo Couch, Uh, Jimmy Dore is someone, although he has a big platform, he said a lot of stuff that was relatable to people like us, working class people. Um, So, I also felt like around 2019 to 2020, there wasn't enough unity in independent media. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was also a lot of confusion among more... Uh, I guess you would, we would call them normie people, people who are apolitical, don't pay enough attention. So, yeah. I wanted to help my friends out who had a YouTube channel and also a local podcast called Hear Me Out podcast that talked about sports and pop culture and I was like, hey, why don't we talk about all news, we can talk, or I can be your political guy. So I went on um, and I would make videos about politics, I would go on the ground. Uh, to events that were happening around DC, anti war protests. I mm. uh, got to interview Medea Benjamin on the ground, same with Anya Parampil. Uh, I saw Max at the time, but I didn't get to interview him, but I got to interview him later on as uh, my platform grew. Um, so then the political stuff started overwhelming the sports and pop culture stuff on the channel. So I was like, all right, I should just. Start my own channel, so it's not. It doesn't. People don't get confused and think that HMO is just strictly a political channel and alienate some of the older audience members on there. Uh, so there, there on Frank Analysis, I did you know uh, solo videos, interviews, panel discussions, and I've just been growing since then, and it's mm. been a fun journey. I went deeper into the rabbit hole than I thought I ever was gonna go. I thought I had more figured out back then than I realized. You know how corrupt things actually are. Mm.
2: Um,
1: so yeah, I'm I'm happy with how things have gone.
0: Yeah. How how many years ago did you start um, uh, doing your show?
1: I started in. Uh, Frank analysis started in April, 2020. I joined HMO in late January of 2020. So okay. during the lockdowns is when I started learning how to use like OPS, how to, how to uh, make videos and everything, how to edit videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, then eventually I started streaming more. And streaming, as you know, saves a lot of time in <laughs> yeah. having to make, record a video, edit it, add a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, plus, it's it's a lot easier for collaborations directly on there. You can interact with your audience members, and I think the audience members like it more.
0: Yeah. You know, one thing I, I, I noticed was that, uh, and I like to call us the new left versus the legacy left, and when I say legacy left, you guys know who I'm talking about. The new left, we tend to do a lot more audience interaction, and we do a lot more, uh, you know, interaction with our viewers, which is something that you really don't see a lot of in the legacy left. Um, with the people who started out, you know, around 2016, between 2016 and 2020, they were, you know, the big names, <clears throat> excuse me. And so they were more just upload And that was it and then you saw the comment section now for a lot of us including all the members of the MCSC Network uh, people like Revolutionary Blackout uh, people like the INN all of us are going no we're doing this on a regular basis because it gives us more of a direct link to talking to viewers who literally live regular lives And we don't want, and and we do not want to be in that bubble, so to speak. So we get to a point where we're always kept on the ground, so to speak, no matter what. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about the type of space that we hold, is that we're always being kept down to earth by the audience.
1: Yeah. They they help keep us in touch. Tu- they help keep us uh, with staying in touch, as well as these collaborations. We're constantly hearing other people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas before, there wasn't as many. There mm-hmm. weren't as many collaborations. The videos were shorter, like you were saying. Uploads. Yeah. Uh, it was a different ball ball game back then. Yeah. Uh, now it also saves us a, a lot of time, like I was mentioning earlier. Just, these streams, um, it's more interactive. Uh, and I think the audience members have more fun with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That brings me actually brings me to my next question that I wanted to ask. So you've been covering US politics for some time and have observed many shifts in the political landscape as well as certain policies that have become popular. Can you give us a glimpse of your journey to the left and what was one of the biggest lessons you learned that pushed you further left?
1: Some of the things that pushed me further left. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know if I would say I got pushed further left, but I would say I got more aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then with that, some people chose to stay at a certain level of awareness, like where they didn't want to accept certain uh, certain narratives that go against what the mainstream says. Like for example with RussiaGate, right? A lot of people chose to believe it, mm. and they just stay there. Mm. Whereas other people, like myself, like you guys at Revolutionary Blackout, didn't buy that. And yeah. so that, I don't know if that's like pushing us further left, but that is making us more aware. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you think about that? And also. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just with anything that's been coming out recently. Like, this politician's not helping us out. Yeah. It's just us becoming more aware, evolving more, whereas other people just stay stuck in, like, 2016 yeah. mentality.
0: I, I mean, you made a great point. I, I feel like a lot of the people who we used to have a tremendous amount of respect for in this space have faced a an epidemic of stagnation. Where they're presented with new information and they do not adjust to it they do not acclimate to it and they do not accept it and so therefore it it feels as if we've been rolling down the road and they're still way back there yeah. basically in a busted car and they haven't been they they have the new tire to change it so that they can roll with us but they refuse to do it and we're going down the road, going, "Hey, you guys are still believing in Russia Gate? Come on, that, we're past that." Or, "Hey, you guys still believe in the Democratic Party? Come on, we're past that." And they still keep doing it, waiting for the Democratic Party as a tow truck to come and pick them up and move them forward.
2: <laughs> but that tow analogy. truck ain't coming.
0: And that's the funny part, is that they're reali- they still haven't realized it and we're like, duh, duh. And we're calling them on the cell phone, Bling, hey. <laughs> you guys are still back there? And that's what it feels like. It feels like it feels like and we're driving slower in a sense, trying to help them to still see our our taillights, but they're not moving. And so now a lot of us are starting to step on the gas and we're like, okay, we're leaving you guys in the dust. And this is one of the reasons why some of them, they seem like they have a lot of followers. But then when you look at their view counts, mm, some of us are doing better than oh, them with man, a, yeah, a tenth a of their followers or their subs. Yeah. And they, they but, just don't get it. And then they get mad at us for doing what they what we thought that they were going to do the entire time.
1: Right, yeah. Proportionally, I've seen a lot of channels. Some of them, which have attacked you guys, channels that have over a hundred thousand subscribers. I don't know if you want me to name names on here or not, but I think you may have an idea of who some really of the people i talking about. I don't care I'm if you
2: name names, about. but it's whatever.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. So like people like Tim Black who is attacking you guys. Yeah. Proportionally, uh, Revolutionary Blackout gets more views than Tim Black now. Tim Black has stayed stuck in this mentality, mm-hmm. thinking that politicians may save us. Uh, I don't know if it's some op- for some opportunistic reason, right? He can work in Nina Turner's campaign or something, but it was around that time, right, where he started attacking you guys because you guys were critical of Nina Turner, Yeah. right? How, are you, how do we know that you're not going to be different from these politicians that we have right now that promised us that they were going to work for us but rather they became careerists working for Nancy Pelosi, having these grandstanding uh, performances in front of the Capitol rather than actually fixing the problem and introducing legislation that isn't written by the lobbyists.
0: Yeah. And can you blame us for being critical? Looking at the history of what's been happening all over this country, and yet you're blaming us, the ones who don't really have any power, for being critical of the ones who do have power, who actually have done the things that they've done to make us critical of that. It, it it's like it's like why are you attacking the messenger? Or why are right. you you know it it seems kind of counterproductive, doesn't it?
1: Right. Yeah, and it's we present evidence. So like here is like here's an example of how they're not uh yeah. they're not introducing legislation here. They're just Here's evidence of how they're just kicking the can down the road rather yeah. than going at the root of the problem, right? So uh, I don't know how deep you are in with the uh, COVID research, but there's a lot of division now with those people. Like yeah. I feel like the gap has increased even further with those people and people who are considered to be further left to the point in which they consider us indistinguishable sometimes to the right because they call it a right-wing conspiracy Mm. even though there's plenty of scientific evidence to support why we have these first of all skepticisms in big pharma but also caution against some something that may have been you know rushed out Uh, but i respect people's decisions on whether they want to get it or not Mm-hmm. And I think your stances on your stances on revolutionary blackout are that it shouldn't be forced on people, right?
0: It shouldn't be forced on people, but I think people need to be educated about it. Okay. Um, people need to be educated about both options. I'll put it that mm-hmm. way. And I know that seems like I'm fence-riding, but at the same time, it's like I'm not for mandates, but I am for people being educated on options of the jab – as well as treatment, uh, as a uh, for other treatment options, right? I'm not gonna say the name because they right. YouTube is, is fidgety about that, yeah. But I'm saying educate people on both and let people make the decisions wherever as long as they're trying to protect themselves and stay safe, right? Right, and so that's 100%. where I'm at. Um, and so, but I do see this divide, and something tells me that there are forces that are under the current that are trying to keep the left divided, and they're I using things like this in order to, to, as a mechanism, to cause more division, and and that is where I'm, I'm trying to be cognizant of all, at all times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely using this narrative to try to divide us even further try to keep sides afraid of each other mm-hmm. um, But I, I appreciate you know that that stance you know, Informing people educating them and then after they've been educated on that people can have a right to choose what mm-hmm. they Want to do based off of that information that's been presented to them Yeah, or that they've done for themselves also right Inform- I don't think information should be censored Mm-hmm. Um, if something is incorrect, then introduce more information that debunks that. Yeah. Right. Uh, I
0: think, I think the information that comes out of institutions. Institutions. I'm basically, you know, covering my language a little bit. Are based on this this need to keep capitalism going. And so, therefore, the decisions that are come out are basically influenced by that, right? And from what I observe is that the best practices are not always practices that are geared towards capitalism. Sometimes you just have to do the uh, the I forgot it's called, I think it's called the uh, Federal Production Act or something like that. Um, Where you just have to produce it, use federal dollars to produce it, and just give it to people. Like, for instance, masks. Just, you know, give it, you know, produce it and just give it to people. And just make sure that it keeps being produced. If you have to pay a private corporation just to do it through, through federal dollars, then just do it. And just give it to people for free. And yes, that will take a mass mobilization. We have the we, ha- we have the apparatus to do it. Like for instance, we have the United States Postal Service that goes all over the country and just give it to people. Do not force people to have to buy them, you know, because that and that means that makes that creates a barrier for people to you know that have that don't have the money that they can't have them, or they can't have the most adequate type, you know, of PPE. So it's things like that that I think that uh, sometimes it's not a capitalist answer that is sufficient enough. Sometimes it may be a socialist or a communist answer to answer for what we really need at times, like a pandemic that is raging across the world. So um,
1: yeah, yeah. And then um, they're using these institutions that you were mentioning to try to fact check um, Mm -hmm. people's opinions when there was a court ruling or the case that Facebook was making when they were being sued Mm -hmm. is that they have protected opinion so Mm -hmm. pretty much these third parties that they um, that they hire to fact check people um, and to even fact check doctors and PhDs and stuff mm-hmm. are that that's their opinion like so mm-hmm. fact checkers are off eds so that can be also true for fact checkers that try to quote unquote fact check uh, articles that expose the US's foreign policy and how harmful that is yeah um, and we see also who is behind sites like Wikipedia and who controls, who can edit on there or not. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these people are individuals that are connected to imperialist actors. Mm -hmm. So these are the people that are controlling our narrative Mm -hmm. and they're really afraid of people like us. And that's why they keep ramping up censorship on, on, on small channels like us making, so the Mm -hmm. obstacles for us have gone even worse for us. Uh, I think that if this was like 2017, Mm -hmm. the rate at which we would be growing would be a lot faster. Yeah. Uh, So they're trying really hard to suppress that message that people like Revolutionary Blackout and Frank Analysis and the MCSC Network have, which Mm -hmm. is to move further away from electoral politics and more towards community building, mutual aid, and everything.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think... I think the problem that we see is people are so brainwashed into thinking that the capitalistic answer is the answer for all our problems, whereas we're seeing that's not the answer for really any problem at all. In fact, we're seeing that it leads to a lot of imperialism and, you know, look at the carceral state, look at the environment, so uh, we're, we're coming to a conclusion now that we uh, it's even, you know, it's even used in religion. It's, it's used in politics. You know, it, it's, it's this, this chasing after the profit as to why, you know, the DNC and the RNC are the way they are. Because they're always chasing after profit because, you know, it's like, well, the, like, like the Democrats go, the Republicans are doing this. Go to ActBlue and, you know, donate to us today. They're trying to make profit. That's pretty much all it is. It's a profit-making company. The, the Republicans are the same way. They're profit-making company. The thing is, is that it's never about what the people actually need. It's about what's good for my bottom line. And so I think the fact that we're running away from this also means that, you know, they want to silence people like yourself and myself. You know, they throttle our channels. Um, I'm going to be real with you. And I talked about this with Savvy Sabs. Hmm. You should have 10 times more follow, more subs than you do right now. Hmm. We were talking about you in particular. And it's like, yeah, why doesn't he have that? Well, because the YouTube algorithm suppresses people who tell the truth that undermines their profitability.
1: Also, my channel is, uh, is shadow banned and it's also demonetized. It got demonetized in less than two months in which I was able to receive monetization and I got multiple warnings and strikes Uh, they just try to find any excuse like saying like oh your video is too long so we had to take it down warning (laughs) how is this too long?
0: too long? Video
1: is only 20 minutes long
0: too long
1: right Uh, hold up so that just makes me think that they're just coming up with any excuse to try to censor people and they're targeting people rather than just targeting specific topics that people talk about
0: yeah, that's a whole whole lot of bullshit. Reason being is because I have watched two, three hour streams that have ads on them, and so that is that's stupid. And they're full of ads. And so to tell you, oh, it's too long.
1: And then those ten hour trolley videos, like where they show like Gandalf shaking his head to like saxophone music, right? Those are all over YouTube. How is it? How is it that they're saying that my video is too long?
0: Wow, they, uh, they really are. YouTube is trolling. It, the,
1: with the January sixth stuff, I think that's when they started ramping up, it up more. That's when yeah. they demonetized Combo Couch, myself, Jamaral Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, Grandma Wood, etc. Yeah. And now with the Rona stuff, the Rony Rona, uh, they're they were uh, censoring people even more unless you put that little disclaimer. At the bottom, I think that's been helping people a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, the latest strike that I received was for a video in which you guys at Revolutionary Blackout also had something similar to say, which was that Rogan and Sanjay Gupta interview. (laughs) That video got deleted for me, but it stayed up for you guys.
0: Inconsistency, dude, but... It's yeah. wild, man. It's wild. I
1: think they just have their eyes on me. Uh, I don't know why. I guess I said some things early on that caught their attention. Like,
0: They're jealous. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> all right. So oh man, uh, have
1: YouTube. <laughs> what, what what are some solutions to that? Like We, we, we talk about Rockfin, uh, Rumble, <sighs> but there's some shady stuff with Rumble also, like some shareholders like Peter Thiel and all that. What, what do you
0: think? You know what? Do you see I, I, people
1: moving away from YouTube eventually?
0: I kind of see it, but it's so... YouTube is basically the 800-pound gorilla in the room. And it's in a very small room. And it's almost like... You try to get past it, I feel like YouTube is the only platform to use to shift people to other platforms so that you can get them to watch on other ones. That's what it feels like. Um, So that's the only thing I can think of. Either that or we create our own, but if we try to create our own, then... The, the big, you know, tech industry people will probably try to shut it down. I mean, gosh, look at what they're trying to do to Panquake. And Panquake's trying to be a different social media platform than any other. And they're going after them like crazy. So, you know, and I'm pretty sure that Rockfin probably had, you know, some issues, you know, trying to start up as well. Because if YouTube gets wind of this, particularly Google, if they get wind of this, then they're like, oh, no, you're not going to take this away from us. You're not going to make it so that, you know, people have more freedom because then if they realize that they're going to they're going to drop us like last year's French. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to fare well. So, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of is just using their platform as a catalyst to bring people over to other ones.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, well said. It's it's a tool that we're still using. Yeah. Uh, in order to, like you were saying, get some of these people that aren't informed about these other platforms mm-hmm. to learn about it and to hop on uh, on there. Uh, I have back a backup channel in case my main channel gets taken down.
2: hmm
1: And. There's also other ways in which, if they get my backup channel down, which I, there are other channels out there, uh, lefty channels that have been taken down that had their backup channels also taken down mm. and they had to result to pirate streaming. So just random channels with less than 100 subscribers or so. Uh, streaming on, to, on there, uh, audience members help with that sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, just in case some of these normies stumble upon the video, they're still watching it on YouTube and then they learn about alternative platforms. Got it. So that's something like just in case, if they ever take all of us down and our backup channels down, we can still stay on YouTube via these pirate channels.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sad that we have to do that, but it's just – that's a status state of affairs, uh, especially when big tech. My next and, question – I'm sorry, go ahead. But yeah,
1: go ahead. I was just going to say the ones that the the channels that don't get taken down, those are the ones that you know are not that informative as informative as we used to think.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
1: so for example, like secular talk and all those people they mm-hmm. They're I don't see their channels getting taken down anytime soon.
0: Yeah. The 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 Democratic Party cheerleaders. Um, what is, what is one of the biggest learning curves that you had to learn while becoming a journalist in this space?
1: That obstacle we were just talking about. Yeah. Because um, yeah. how are people going to find out about me if it doesn't reach enough people? And the key to that is what we're doing right now, which is collaborations. Yeah. Don't, not being afraid to ask people to come on the show. Mm -hmm. for a collaboration, for an interview, panel discussion, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I've been seeing an increase, an exponential increase in panel discussions since so many people have so many interesting things to say on those panel discussions. So I'm loving that. So even though there are these obstacles, there are these fun ways that we are, and and creative ways that we're trying to overcome
0: them. Yeah, definitely. Panels, I I deeply appreciate because um, they... They do what uh, I love, uh, Robert Durden says, we do a cross-pollination. Mm-hmm. And that cross-pollination allows us to uh, see channels or, or, or hosts that we've never encountered before. And then we get to go over to them and see their perspective. You know, uh, like for instance, um, you may want my perspective as a gay guy, but what about a black woman's perspective? Then you'll go to Sabby Sabs, or if you want to go to Latino women's, then you'll go to Blue Moon Red Wine. You yeah. know, or if you go to your perspective, you're kind of racially ambiguous, so I didn't want to say which what you
1: are <laughs> <laughs> I'm Peruvian. I'm also oh. Latino.
0: Okay, yeah. perfect. You know, but yeah, do... a lot
1: of Hispanic people are like racially ambiguous. Like right. we're a mix of a lot of stuff.
0: Okay. But if they want to go to your perspective, then they can go to your perspective. You know, and then they also have people who are more on the ground, people like Max Blumenthal. You know, who are people who are on the ground and they want to get his perspective or, or they want to see, you know, uh, somebody from like like status quo, um, despite, you know, some of their opinions that I may disagree with. They do great work on the ground as far as their journalism goes. I can so, that. so, you know, it, there's so many different types that you have. And it's it's, it's like a it's like a buffet, you know, and it's like, you know, I can pick this, I can pick that, and then we stream so much throughout the week that it's like, who needs mainstream media when, you know, you got lefty media, you know?
1: Yeah, Indy Left was telling me that he canceled all a lot of all his subscriptions to like uh, TV and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all he has now is like Patreon subscriptions and like uh, like Rockfin and all that that he's paying for now. Nice. Great. Like we don't need these mainstream channels. They're going away, and that's why they're trying to adapt and evolve and turn the internet into network television.
0: Yeah. They. I was actually talking about this with uh, Sabi again, Um, and, and in private. But one of the things that I said is that they're trying to steal our space. And what do I mean by that? They stuck to network television and they stayed there and they were like okay this is our lane this is what we're gonna do and what we decided to do was start doing you know any media in this space and they didn't like that their audience and I hate to be morbid here but they don't like that their audience is dying off and our audience is still young and we are growing in number And even some of the older people are now gravitating to our space. And so instead of acclimating and switching things up to be more like us, they're saying, no, you have to be more like us. And then they push us out of our own house. And it's just like, wait, who are you? You were not born on the Internet. Wolf Blitzer, you were not born on the internet. Chuck Todd, you were not born on the internet. You guys were not. David Muir, you were not born on the internet. So therefore, you guys, if you guys started your own channel today, you guys would have very little subscribers. Because you guys are boring, and you guys just read a teleprompter. And you guys act like you don't have a bias when you really do. And so when we... Are like yeah no you guys need to go back to where you come from and let it go extinct. They don't like it, so guess what? They come into our house, they take up the food in our fridge, they put their feet on our on our couch and on our on our, on our table, and they're like get out. And now yeah,
1: great analogies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but that's what it's like. They're coming into our yeah. house and they're telling us to get out, and and we now have to go in different rooms. In order to be able to stay in our own home, and it's like, why are we secluded to our room of Rockfin, or room of Rumble, or room of Odyssey, or go into the bathroom of Twitch? Why do we have to do this? It's not right. But hey, you know what? The person who owns the who who owns the the type the, the deed. It's like, nah, no, nah, they're, they're, they're okay. They can they can do what they want.
1: Yeah, they're they're finding ways to evolve with the times. Uh, the, of course, Wolf Blitzer can't carry on his own show or any of these other <laughs> of mainstream not. funders can't carry their own show Like in their home, like with it was a studio. It would just be boring, like you would say. They would just be saying that everything is fine, that the only people that are the problem is like those crazy other uh, working-class people that you should be afraid of. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that we need to be careful of is what was exposed in a recent Grey Zone article, which I'm going to have Max Blumenthal on the show soon to talk about, mm. okay. is Tube, which uses young people and uh, very charismatic individuals to give talking points that agree with the U.S. State Department mm. or agree with what these Western imperialist countries want. Mm. Uh, like, that's what, if you listen to their foreign policy stances, they're not in disagreement at all with what the U.S. State Department was, it wants. Yeah. Um, so, they, uh, Abigail Thorne, was just exposed in receiving money and instructions from these imperialist individuals. <laughs> who else could be involved? It wouldn't surprise me if someone who I had an interaction with recently, behind camera, maybe, if there is some agreement... <laughs> <laughs> that he has with his foreign policy and all his other takes, yeah. right? And it's, their growth is so in or in inorganic.
0: Oh, like you telling me, bro?
1: Like a thousandfold. They started their channels in 2019, 2020, and all of a sudden now they have over a hundred thousand subscribers. That's not normal at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. Especially if they're saying the same thing, they're allegedly saying the same things that we're saying. And they're not being throttled. But then you look at their foreign policy and they have these imperialistic takes. It's like, wait, are you? You're not part of the left, are you? You know, and, and that's one of the things that we're seeing is that when we get smarter, then they finally realize what we're doing and then they try to catch up. And now we're looking at them. We're like, we examine what they say and we're like, huh? So, you believe that the Palestinians should be oppressed and you agree with the apartheid state in Israel? Huh, okay, oh wait, you actually think that Assad was gassing his own people and you don't believe the actual report that came out from the OPCW? Hmm, okay, Or oh, you believe that Russia is actually undermining our elections? When this actually was brought out that it, they weren't? Okay, gotcha, chief. And so we get to that point where we start to examine what they're saying. And we're just like, this motherfuckers a not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you
0: know? <laughs> yeah.
1: It's mainstream. It's like news that you would get from mainstream media trying to pose as individuals like us like in terms of like how it looks like they're in bedrooms and everything Mm -hmm. uh they interact with their chats they're on discord uh so it's it it tries to give that illusion to people but unfortunately a lot of these people a lot of their audience members are individuals who were not informed to begin with Mm -hmm. and so they just they believe it and yeah they don't want to be too radical. Like maybe mm-hmm. some of them, some of their audience members are just really comfortable with their way that their lifestyle is. They don't want. They want the change without the, the actual change, right? Mm-hmm. They're not actually suffering like how mm-hmm. the individuals like yourself or uh, others in Revolutionary Blackout or others mm-hmm. that have small channels are suffering, yeah. or people who watch our channels.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so. They, they think that we can just vote our way out of the situation yeah. that we're in. I
0: mean, and, we can't do that. And, and the crazy part is they will, they will chop up our dissent to their imperialistic opinions as, it's just a difference of opinion. No, 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 no. It's not a difference of opinion. It's a difference of fact that you are playing off as opinion. And that's what gets me mad. It's like you're being willfully ignorant to actually what's going on, and you're trying to make it sound like it's just your opinion. And it's not. It's not. And when you look at what's going on, for instance, with the Palestinians in, in, in Gaza and what's going on against, you know, with the state of Israel, then you realize that it's not just an opinion, when you realize what's going on in the global South, it's not just an opinion. When you find out what was happening with the United Fruit Company in, in South America, it's not just a difference of opinion. And that's the thing, is this revisionist history that continues to go on, including with some of these bread spaces that needs and deserves to be called out each and every single time because they are trying to rewrite history as we speak. And so, so so, what? Are we, are we going to jump on the train with, you, you know, uh, congratulating Dick Cheney like everybody else has been doing oh on mainstream God. media over the last couple days? Do we know what he actually did? Are we going to pretend that Trump is the ultimate evil while not looking at the 40 years of what Biden did in order to facilitate that Trump actually was able to do? Are we not going to look at the fact that Look at what George W. Bush did. I don't give I don't give a shit if he painted like Picasso. He's still a war criminal. Let him paint behind bars. Like what? <laughs> so this is why I'm just like over all this bullcrap, I'm just like, what in the hell are you guys doing? But then at the same time you look at the money that they get and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I see. Money is a great motivator within these spaces, I, I, I attest. But my question to them would be, is it worth your integrity?
1: And is it worth it in the long run also? Yeah. Uh, too much attachment to material, um, causing harm to people with your talking points, saying, oh yeah, we should go into Syria. Yeah. We should stay in Afghanistan. Look how we're leaving so irresponsibly um, don't get meanwhile, me, if they stay... Don't get me started. You, like, mm-hmm. And in Africa, then what are we do, doing to those black and brown people there?
0: I don't care if China is building infrastructure for African countries. I really don't care. Because that means if the infrastructure is going to be better in African countries so that the people actually do better and things are actually more green while being better for them... Shit, we're not doing it We're bombing them Instead of rebuilding their infrastructure So who do I care So why am I going to look at a channel Where somebody who's deeply anti-China And talks about Chinese rhetoric I mean, he he's, he talks about anti-China rhetoric Why am I going to subscribe to him When they're not doing anything You know, worse than the United States Has done
1: Yeah, I got to see just how bad, but a lot of the rhetoric that is used by the U.S. to attack China is so hypocritical. Uh, Yeah. And a lot of these independent channels, like you were mentioning, do repeat that. Uh, But there are, and the U.S. is trying to evolve into, rather than having people on the ground, they're trying to maintain Mm -hmm. uh, the the, these wars going on without having them there on the ground, yeah. with drones. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who it was. It's pretty, let's just say it's pretty much all of them are in agreement with this, these politicians, with moving away from having troops on the ground and focusing more on drone strikes, on collect, collecting data, uh, data from these poor people in other countries. Yeah. So I don't know how, how involved the U.S. and China are in these. Well, I know the U.S. is very involved in this. I don't know to the extent how how far China is involved in this. Yeah. But this is what we're moving into, is more surveillance, uh, this fourth industrial revolution where they keep us more indoors, these automatic cars uh, that can one day drive you to the, to the police station um, if you say the wrong thing in your home. Like, we're... We're living in 1984 right now. Uh, All these Black Mirror episodes are coming together. Like we see the metaverse, uh, Elon Musk's Neuralink. So that is something we gotta keep our eyes open for. Oh boy! Right.
0: Keep our eyes open, man. This is a great and conversation. They're, gonna, they're
1: going to keep using, because they see that progressivism is becoming popular, they're going to try to use uh, figures like AOC or use figures like Greta or or anyone else that comes out in the future
2: mm-hmm.
0: to
1: try to rally young people to support things that are really just a Trojan horse to yeah. further advance the Force Industrial Revolution.
0: That was a perfect example of using Trojan horse. Cause that's exactly what it is. I appreciate that. Um, man, I only have like 13 minutes left. Okay, so I gotta get to my next question. Um, <laughs> this is a hypothetical. Okay, so you are president of the United States, and it's January 20th, your inauguration day. Uh, don't don't give me that look. I know. <laughs> this is gonna be a good one. What are your first three actions that you're taking as president within your first 100 days?
1: Uh, I will first state, I have no intentions of killing myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Uh, All right. Ghislaine Maxwell, we need you to stay alive. I'm
1: happy living. um, So I'll let everybody know about that. Mm -hmm. Then I will release... All the documents that our intelligence wants to keep away from the public um, and I will tell encourage people to keep informing themselves even after all this and all these papers are released mm-hmm. um, I will let people know that if there is I will let people know that the reason why we stay in these foreign countries is because of the pressure of the military-industrial complex
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I will do everything i can to remove troops from all these countries Mm uh and i will just do everything i can (laughs) for as long as i can stay alive to keep exposing everything that's wrong with the country yeah wow Uh, even if things do get blocked by all these powers and the people who are really in charge who don't want to be publicized i'll just keep exposing that yeah. I don't know what miracle got me elected. Maybe I was like a Trojan horse, uh, a really good Trojan horse yeah. that was able to get elected.
0: Look, I, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, it's like you do the best you can, and then the, you know people will take over, and they'll they'll keep the ball rolling. So I mean, dude, you're truly a journalist because the first thing you focus on is giving information to everybody, and I was just like, okay, cool. Definitely,
1: Um, giving the people freedom based off of what they know, right? Rather than keeping them controlled and telling them, "Oh, you need to do this." Us or your parent governments, we know best. You know they treat us like we're these we're these babies that can't give informed consent on anything. Mm -hmm. We have to blindly listen to them, blindly trust them for why we get into all these wars and all the decisions that they make to try to surveil us.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well said. Thank you so much for that. What is something you're going to double down on in 2022?
1: Uh, Democrats are losing. They're getting destroyed. I'm doubling down on that. (laughs) (laughs) On that claim that I'm making. Actually, that's a good Uh, answer. Yeah, I'm doubling down on the claim that Joe Biden is not going to finish his term. Mm -hmm. And that in 2024, Kamala Harris is losing or whoever they get to run as a democratic nominee is going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm doubling down on people becoming more informed mm-hmm. and people becoming more conscious and mindful mm-hmm. and getting more in touch with their community. Because as this pressure that these authoritarians, these fascists, because that's what they do, they have public-private partnerships. That is the definition of fascism. Yeah. As this pressure increases, That increases our response Mm -hmm. to be more conscious, to be more grounded and in touch with our community and be less reliant on them. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm doubling down on.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, You're, you know, this is something that we have to all double down on. You know, and I I wanted to ask you this in in kind of a follow up question. Do you really think that Democrats are actually failing or this is really they're really trying to make it look like they're failing when actually that was their goal the whole time?
1: Yeah, of course, like they're they're succeeding in their actual job (laughs) with their real bosses, uh, the ruling class. Yeah. Uh, so, they're not. the 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 thing about how they're like, what what they're told what they tell us that they work for us mm-hmm. is an illusion. They're not actually working for us. They're working for the same people that pay the team that they pretend to be fighting against. Yeah. Everything is theatric. So mm-hmm. they're succeeding in trying to keep the theatrics going. Uh, They're succeeding in actually serving this ruling class, as we saw in 2020, the biggest transfer of wealth in human history. Mm -hmm. Goods are becoming more expensive. Censorship is increasing. All the things that this this ruling class wants. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fear-mongering about other working class people, which is what the AOCs and the Marjorie Taylor Greens both do. But, oh, it's these communists. Oh, it's these uh, these racist fascists. Mm-hmm. Those are the people you should be afraid of. When mm-hmm. the reason why we have this is because of that lack of transparency, that lack of education, that lack of information. Mm-hmm. From birth, we are kept confused. We're taught to be little drones in schools. Schools are factories for indoctrination. Yeah. Uh, so. They, is this is something my friend Marcus, so I think he's in the chat right now, Shadowban mm-hmm. also said, said this, that we are taught to be little authoritarians. Yeah. And that's why a lot of us are like, oh, you can't say that. Uh, that's why we see these like Anna casparians and everyone saying that, oh, we, we, this is why, this is not correct. We, those people should be censored. They're being an authoritarian rather than being an understanding and compassionate person. Yeah trying to build that understanding and if they're wrong on something, inform them.
0: Gotcha. Thank you. So, here's a fun question. What is one food that Franco cannot live without?
1: <laughs> Damn. When I was, I was so sad because when I was a kid I loved pizza but then I got, got gastritis because of how I would eat in college, eating at like 3 a.m. <laughs> and also the doing things that just weren't healthy for my body that ended up effing me up Um, Mm -hmm. as a kid I couldn't live without pizza I couldn't live without ice cream but now both those things put a toll on my body now I couldn't I would if I were to tell you two months ago I would say I can't live without rice and beans but I was eating too much of that so now that's affecting me uh blueberries I can't live without blueberries wow Uh, blueberries blueberries. is very, it's medicinal for me. Uh, bananas also, uh, it's not in it's it's not a food that's very acidic, so it's good for you know my gastritis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, healthy foods like that, fruits like blueberries, bananas, strawberries. I can't live without those.
0: That's good. Fruit drinks. Mm-hmm. That's real good. All right, I'm gonna get you in trouble. What's your favorite curse word?
1: Cuck a curse word. I've been, I, I've had a lot of fun saying using that word to 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 like uh go after people like Birdie etc.
0: What the uh, cuck? cuck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Or or cunt.
0: Oh my goodness. Oh okay.
1: What about you? What's your favorite uh? Oh
0: man. Um. The word fuck is just a universal word.
1: It's so um relieving like when you're upset and then you say that
0: yeah especially when you like if you stub your toe you're like ah yeah yeah yeah. It, yeah it does yeah it's a good one um you know what and I also love and I, I have to thank white people for this one Horseshit. I love it. It, it it is a great it's a great like instead of saying because you know we black people we say bullshit you know and we put you know emphasis on the b like bullshit you know but sometimes just to, to throw things off you go horse shit that's horse shit and next thing you know it's it just it just it it brings people more attention you're like did he say horse yeah yeah horse
1: shit mm-hmm. donkey balls is also fun to say this isn't a curse word but saying bootlicker is also fun to say
0: yeah it's fun to a say. lot of people
1: can be called bootlicker
0: yeah alright so like three minutes left okay so last question mm-hmm. you're on your deathbed and you're reflecting on your life what is one thought you want people to remember about you
1: um to remember to be more spiritual uh, mm. and to always, as I say like stay informed both with the material world and also the spiritual world that will help us be more objective people, more mm-hmm. understanding people, more compassionate people, uh, more conscious. Mm. that will reduce, harm to the world is improving the human mind, um, and helping us realize that we're more than just, we're more than just a physical body. Like you are a special person. Um, so that's what I want people to remember.
0: That was beautiful. That was beautiful. I I just want to thank you for coming, dude. This was an awesome conversation um yeah man i loved it, it yeah it, yeah yeah it had
1: was a just lot like, of fun i like the i love the questions at the end yeah uh, which reminds me because you asked about like uh something i can't live without in terms of food mm-hmm. we were talking about like a cookout or something that we could all have when we were on with nick and savvy and everyone Can you, we should have we should have a live stream cookout with everybody in independent media showing up oh and, bro like,
0: <laughs> bro would Be so fun don't get me started, because you're Peruvian, and I know you go do some good Peruvian food, too. Mm-hmm. You'll bring that over.
1: Yeah, Fiorella and Johnny will throw it down, too. They're also Peruvian. Oh,
0: my goodness. Uh, look, I'm going to embrace all your food. Look at me. I look like I embrace food, too, don't I? So, <laughs> I would love... Oh, man. We got to do something because the thing is that if we really because I really want us to show you know in real life that we have solidarity with one another and what better than to break bread with one another you know Yeah. I think that is a great idea um, Nick has been talking about it a lot too I would love to do something like that and if we can get like something together where we can get all we can we can all talk about it in the background but yeah um, I also everybody just to let you guys know I only got like 15 seconds left but uh, if you guys look in the description I also have Franco's uh, Twitter as well as his channel and a channel to MCSC also in the description Uh, if you guys can subscribe to Franco on Rockman as well that'd be great Uh, he is an amazing journalist and commentator and I am so happy to have him here thanks so much Franco
1: thank you James I really appreciate those kind words and I had a lot of fun uh shout out to everyone in the chat love you guys so much and don't forget to stay informed
0: mm-hmm. yeah and everybody uh
2: I-